Pet, pet, pet. <laughs> I'm a goat. No care. Um, oh, and uh, just to give you a little heads up uh, before we uh, continue, this uh, recording may continue strong language audio. Uh, listeners are should be advised as opposed to visual listeners Jack? well you know viewer discretion is advised well you say listener discretion is advised yeah all right listener discretion may be advised if there are certain words i was just thinking about this uh, the other day because i think that you know on these recordings we should be a little bit more professional yeah i agree all right. So with that in mind, welcome back to The Wages of Cinema. Right. Tonight on The Wages of Cinema, I basically watched nothing. Jack will watch everything. We'll talk about two very important films, Pacific Heights and Nashville. And later on, we talk about the 100th birthday of Ingrid Bergman. Yes, but first, I'm not wearing pants. No, I'm kidding. See, for all you visual Uh, listeners out there, you're getting a real um, treat. No, yeah, but... uh... But yeah, no, but we are, um, we'll be talking about those movies in a little bit, but tonight, yeah, I, uh, I, I guess because uh, I was on vacation like Andrew was, I was just living my life, I saw a lot of movies, and so I'm gonna be running an insane marathon tonight. It's all about me. It's all I'm, about I'm one. Jack. It's all about me on the two triple movie mile. Two, two, no, it's not triple movie. Alright, let's start that again. Two The two triple minutes. M. Movie mile. Insert world track class meet. Uh, world tra- world class track meet music here. Are you all set, Jack? <sighs> Am I set? And at the I don't know where, when we'll talk about the movie we saw together, but we can maybe do that in the middle or the end. Sure, button sounds fine. So all you right. all set? You got two minutes. Ready? For too much. Movie. Set. Go. Straight out of Compton. All right. All right. This movie is number one right now. It's still number one. It's been number one since it came out. Uh, I mean, granted, there hasn't been a ton of competition for it in the theaters. Uh, but what you get with this movie is the story of the members of NWA. Um, that is to say, though, the three people that the three people that people remember. That being Easy E, Ice Cube, and Dr. Dre. You don't really get to know that much about MC Ren or DJ Yella. Uh, right. You probably don't even know who those people are, but they, no. which is funny. I, I've heard of, of of all those people. I've heard of Dr. Dre. That's, that's it. it. You haven't heard of Easy E? No. Or Doc or Ice Cube? No, I'm not as okay. Ice Cube, yeah. Uh, come on, you've I, seen I an know Ice him, Cube poster. I know him from his great family movies. <laughs> are we done yet? <laughs> which is the movie that critics? Lo- all right. Anyway, this movie was uh, a lot of fun. Uh, it's a long movie. It's two and a half hours long. Um, wow. Yeah, it is pretty epic. Well, well like, it is a three-way biopic, so... Yeah, they do need to cover a lot of information, and they did cut some stuff out. Uh, specifically, there's actually been some controversy because the filmmakers left out uh, a bit of, uh, of of news that happened back in 1991 when Dr. Dre uh, assaulted a woman. Mm. Um, cor- the filmmakers said they left it out just because of time. And actually, I might, I might be able to believe that. Um, but... <laughs> Uh, Paul Giamatti is actually one of the strongest things in this movie. He plays the band's manager. Uh, it's his second music biopic this year, and he's excellent in it. The biggest problem is the third act. Uh, it really becomes really cliche. There's actually a scene where you see Ice Cube typing at a computer, 
uh, lines from Friday and being like, <laughs> ah, I've written this great movie. And I really didn't buy that very much. But the actors are very convincing. Um, there's a scene involving a song called No Vaseline. Favorite scene of the year. All right. Time. Yes. Okay. Okay, Jack. You ready? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Go. And to follow up on Straight Compton, I watched Boys in the Hood for the first time. Sweet. Um, and have you seen that? You, I guess, since you haven't don't know much about Ice Cube, then you haven't seen this movie. Nope. Um, actually, this is more so. Ice Cube is in the movie. He's a major character, but it's really about, I think, the relationship between uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. and Lawrence Fishburne. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne is his father, even though he's only about six or seven years older than Cuba Gooding Jr. Well, you know, sometimes people start families much younger than we expect. Uh. Maybe we could... Yeah, well, they do work that into the movie. And oddly enough, Lawrence, Lawrence Fishburne, by the way, was 14 when he filmed Apocalypse Now. So he clearly oh, yeah. looked older than when he did that. But anyway, um, this movie was, had some really excellent drama in it. Um, in a way, some of it, some of the drama has the feeling of like a 1950s teenage uh, movie. Because it's like... The way, the way that the whole gang wars start, it's all due to like... You know, guys hanging out one night, and then another group comes by and maybe brushes by them a little bit too hard, and that leads to, we're going to bring out our guns and come after you. <laughs> uh, which, you know, you've seen that in almost like, Rebel Without Cause kind of did that. Um, but well, course, except there was a drag race and an no, accidental and this, car death. No, I mean, this movie is, uh, John Singleton clearly made this to follow up on Do the Right Thing, to kind of do his West Coast version of it. Um, there's one moment where Lawrence Fishburne just stops dead to give a speech about gentrification, uh, which is some, the one, one of the few little things that doesn't quite work. It kind of just, it, it, the problem is he's talking to Cuba Gooding Jr. about, we got to make sure these neighborhoods stay this way. And people just kind of come to watch him like off the street talking and it feels very inorganic, but next one movie time. Uh, I could have more to say about that, but oh well. You ready, Jack? There is no ready. There's only here. Start. The end of the tour. Uh, does the name David Foster Wallace mean anything to you? Have you heard the name? He's an author. Infinite Jest? Brief brief interviews with hideous men? No. All right. Well, this guy was... he He's dead now, but he was a pretty popular author. He wrote what you might call difficult fiction... Uh, you know, all along the lines of like Thomas Pynchon or one of those authors where you almost like this book, Infinite Jest, that he wrote in the mid 90s. It was this thousand page book. It had endnotes uh, because it had <laughs> this really complicated story about what it means to live in the modern age and all this stuff. But the movie is about how Jesse Eisenberg, playing this Rolling Stone reporter, came to Jason Siegel to ask him about uh, the book to interview him for the magazine. Um, I love this movie. Uh, the, what you get here is just watching, for the most part, Jason Siegel and Jesse Eisenberg uh, talking to one another, uh, and it's just like a series of conversations. It has that feeling almost of like My Dinner with Andre, but it has a different dynamic because you also have the reporter trying to, you know, get information in an intimate way from his subject, almost like Almost Famous. But Jason Siegel is the one who really comes out here very strongly. Uh, 
you know, you, you see him in something like the Muppets and you think, oh, this is a guy who's just kind of a happy, lucky guy. I mean, I know right. you saw the Muppets, but this is so removed from that. This is him reaching up into Oscar territory. Hmm. And I mean that in like the best possible sense. Uh, he really does a lot with a little. He's very subtle. He conveys a lot about this character's depression very well, uh, about how he struggled, but also about, you know, how he tried to find joy. Things like Alanis Morissette. Time. Yeah. Uh, let me get a drink of water here. I assume the water is still safe to drink in this town. You're supposed to respond to that. You're in charge of the water. Oh, sorry. Maybe. Did you spit in this? I have no idea what All you're right, doing let's... right now. <laughs> I don't know either. I'm my mind. By the is... way, you can listen to us on SoundCloud and iTunes. <laughs> yes. Uh, Subscribe let's... and write a review for us. It yeah. would do us a big favor, and we'd really yes. appreciate if it. If you're listening on SoundCloud, subscribe on iTunes. And if you're listening on iTunes, remember we're on SoundCloud, and you can join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash wages of cinema. Um, and follow me on Twitter at Jack Atnella. All right. Are you ready, Jack? Um, yeah. You know what? Let's do Go. this. Go. Sean the Sheep. All right. Yeah. Now, the movie which failed in America, technically, but which is yeah. a huge hit in Britain. It stuck around, though, in theaters here, there in the U.S. Though. Like, it's kind of gone for the most part, but there are still a few theaters playing it. And that's because um, this is just a purely... The word charming doesn't even describe it. What... Now, there are a bunch of sheep running around in the city, but what? tell us more about the story. All right, it's, it's a silent film comedy. Okay. That's what makes it unique. There is... Now, this doesn't mean that certain human characters, they do kind of talk, but they're doing almost a version of that Peanuts... Right. Like, they're not talking in real dialogue, but that's, 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 that's the, fine. Any, any dialogue would be incidental. Yeah, none of the animals talk. Everything is conveyed through body language, through behavior, um, and the comic timing here is just genius. Um, I think this was actually a TV show, originally Britain, which I haven't watched. Hmm. Uh, but, you know, if you've seen Aardman animations, they did Wallace and Gromit, they did Chicken Run, um, and, you know, they're awesome. And they, right. have, a, they have probably one of their best works here. Um, again, it's just... The, the onslaught of stuff here that is just so charming and wonderful. There's a scene set in a restaurant where the, the sheep are trying to disguise themselves in coats and clothes. <laughs> and uh, how they get discovered is really, really funny. Uh, because, like, you know, the one little string that gets caught on the thing that right. unravels. And, uh, you know, jokes like that. But also, then they get... The villain of the movie is this animal containment specialist. Um, and it's like, there are a couple scenes in a prison that are funny. There's, like, the dog who is the bad dog. He's always looking like this. <laughs> I'm giving Andrew a look now. Like, I've been sleeping... Haven't slept for a week. All right. Time. I had, I had time. All right. So I'm ready for the next one. Ready, set, Go. American Ultra, another movie that's out in theaters now. Or... This one's meant, written by Max Brooks, isn't it? Uh, no, Max not Max Landis. Brooks. Max Landis. You're, you're, getting, different your, son you're getting your of sons a different of comedy comic director. Yeah, confused. Max Landis wrote Chronicle, uh, and Max Landis also was involved with the, de the Death of Superman video. I think he made his he, he made a video summarizing the death and return okay. of Superman. Which okay. whether you. 
All right, but the point it is, is divisive. All right, the movie itself, um, this was okay. Uh, you know, I there, I've, I was talking to a couple of friends who actually hated this movie, and yet, John, what the? I mean, this is basically a stoner comedy, but mo- for the most part, a real like an action movie because Jesse Eisenberg was actually a CIA operative, uh, but he was kind of mentally messed with, so now he doesn't fully remember all that. But then he gets given code words, and he's kind of, quote, activated. So now whenever he's threatened, he immediately launches into being, like, super badass, like, I'm going to kill you mode. Yeah, messing mentally with with agents it has never gone right in any movie. In the Bourne no. films or in Universal Soldier. Yeah. It's... Super soldiers are a bad idea, people. Yeah, I mean, this is basically this is a super soldier movie, but with Jesse Eisenberg and Kristen Stewart. Right um, now, they're the best part about it for me. Like, I I like seeing them as a couple. They were previously in the movie Adventureland, and they're going to be in the next Woody Allen movie. Huh, um, really? I, yeah, I think that they work really well together. I think there's some kind of odd connect chemistry between them, like you know, Jesse Eisenberg, not exactly a matinee idol, but no. he but he has a weird screen presence he had it in the end of the tour too and kristen stewart is really good here as well um topher grace pops up right he's kind of the villain he's pretty one note oh and uh bill pullman's in it time yeah yeah a little off topic but did you hear about the max landis tweet yeah i did hear about it you, you i think you mentioned it to me yeah it's like well i don't know if you're the one who should be talking about original movies this isn't the most original concept in the world buddy <laughs> all right next up all right ready set go papillon i hope right. i'm saying that right papillon or i think pa- it's papillon papillon aka or that's also code word for the butterfly um have you heard of this movie it's uh steve mcqueen steve mcqueen not? and dustin hoffman um i just watched this last night uh this is a a movie I've been meaning to watch for a long time. It's a prison movie in large part uh, because Steve McQueen and uh, Dustin Hoffman—they're French, although you know they're not, obviously they're not. They're movie French. They're movie French. <laughs> Good way to put it. Um, you know, Steve McQueen. I was a safe cracker, but I was accused of murder. I didn't commit it, but I'm getting sent away to this French Guiana island prison. Right. And Dustin Hoffman is this really nebbish. Uh, accountant guy who uh was a counterfeiter um so it's like shawshank redemption um maybe a little bit yeah a tiny bit but this is a lot harsher (laughs) there's like because they have solitary confinement and at one point steve mcqueen he tries to escape he gets caught and there's this what feels like a 20 minute scene that follows him for i didn't i didn't know that was supposed to be this long but you find out he's in there for two years oh geez and Steve McQueen really digs deep into making this guy, like, try to hang on to the smallest bits of sanity that he can from completely unraveling, you know, eating Because bugs. he has no baseball and glove to keep him company no, this time. No, this is, this is the other great escape movie, only this time he doesn't have a motorcycle to do daring jumps. Uh, See? This time it's much more intense. This time it's by the skin of his teeth. Um, there's a, there's a moment, there's a kind of period late in the movie where it starts to drag a bit. Uh, he winds up on another island with some natives and it just really drags, but I love McQueen in this. It might Time. be the best performance. I got that in there. Damn. Two, two, two big escape movies. 
for Steve McQueen. Yeah, yeah, you could say that. This was actually his last great movie too. Hmm. He uh he his career kind of fizzled after this and he had a heart attack and died in like the early 80s. Yeah, that's rough. All right. Next one. All right. Go. Uh Casino Jack. This is not my casino. This is not I'm not the guy with the casino. This is a movie casino about Jack Abramoff. Casino Jack? <laughs> is that a question? Um uh, about actually, Jack Abramoff. Yes. The, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The 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 guy who was a, a lobbyist on in Washington. Mm-hmm. He had a lot of connections with uh, Native American uh, tribes, and he basically ripped a lot of them off. Yeah. Uh, him and his partner Michael Scanlon. Um, his his name had scam in it. <laughs> scan, well, Scanlon. Oh, well, the way you said it. But scam, not bad. You're more like Michael Scamlin. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, Jack Abram okay. ripoff. Well, I, well, anyway, for this movie, I didn't watch I feel it for terrible a while. For that. I didn't Sorry. watch it for. You, man, I'm trying to get my review out. In okay, minutes. okay, go. All right. I tried. I, I avoided this movie for a while just because of a stupid reason. There was a documentary by Alex Gibney uh, of the same name that came out the same year, and I love that oh. movie. Uh, and then I thought, well, this is a fictionalized movie. Why am I going to watch this so soon? But I finally watched it, and it's very funny. It's extremely funny because you're watching uh, this guy kind of bumbling through these uh, attempts to try to make a lot of money. Uh, well, mostly also John Lovitz is in the movie, and he's his uh, kind of slubbish cohort. And he's actually really funny. I saw, read some critics who said that he was miscast, but I don't think he is. I think he's really wonderful here in a sleazy way. Uh, Barry Pepper is in the movie too. He kind of redeems himself from uh, Battlefield Earth. Uh, wow! <laughs> and I bet he'll really appreciate the thing about this movie too. It. Is that Jack Abramoff was a movie buff. He was he produced a Dolph Lundgren movie called Red Scorpion, and throughout the movie, this gives Kevin Spacey a lot of choice moments to do movie imitations. Time. Yeah. All right, that sounds good. Yeah. All right, next one. All right, ready, set, go. Uh, Gaslight. All right. Um, and we're going to, obviously, we're going to talk about this movie uh, a little bit more when we talk about Ingrid Bergman. I don't um, think you've seen a single movie this week that I have seen. I, uh, now I have to give a shout out to my mom uh, because she has told me to watch she this movie. She required you to watch this. She told me, he's, she's told me to watch this movie for years. Uh, I guess this is one of those movies that she used to watch a lot, like on... Saturday afternoons or whatever, back whenever they played these movies. Um, Ingrid Bergman, uh, she's married to this uh, guy, Charles Boyer. Um, her her character's aunt uh, died in this uh, in like this house in England, and for some reason he just, he kind of convinces her to move back into the house. And That's... there's a whole nefarious reason. He's actually after Jules. Okay. You find out. But really, the movie is about how this guy is continually mentally manipulating Ingrid Bergman's character to think that she's doing things, but then, like, messes with her head, like, wait, where's, where's your, where's your diamond? Oh, wait, but wasn't it right here? It was here a minute ago. And, like, he really actually has taken it away and hit it. You know, doing things like that and having a kind of passive aggressive attitude about things, which is always, oh man, like <laughs> this guy is so evil in this movie. Uh, 
And this, I think, is one of the few movies or, or works of art or pop culture, you could say, that has its own verb named you after You know, when someone is gaslit. Yeah, when someone's trying to drive you crazy, you are being gaslit. Yeah, and it comes from this movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ingrid Bergman won an Oscar for this movie, and rightfully so. She really pulls it all out here. Joseph Cotton is in the movie, too. He's quite good. Um, I don't know what else to say about it. It's a really suspenseful movie. Time. Yeah, that's it. All right, you're I finished? Have, no, I have one more movie before we talk. All right, let's get it done. All right. All right, two minutes, right. as fast as you can. Right. Go. Mistress America. Um, this is not as kinky as it sounds. Darn. Uh, this is uh, another movie from Noah Baumbach. Uh, I just recently saw uh, another movie he put out this year called While We're Young. Right. Uh, this is another movie about uh, New Yorkers trying to... I remember you uh, once. Make it big. I remember you once told told me that you thought Noah Baumbach could be kind of mean spirited. Um, sometimes. Uh, but here, uh, the thing is, he teams up with um, uh, Greta Gerwig once again. He previously teamed up with her for this movie, Francis Ha, which I think is his best movie. Um, I think she she's a very charming actress. She brings a lot of. Uh, light and vitality to his movies a lot of quirkiness and the thing about this movie it's it's about this young writer or would-be writer who is a freshman in college and greta gerwig is her soon-to-be uh stepsister uh because you know like her her mother is marrying his her father and um you know she wants to be just like greta gerwig because she seems like this really cool hip new yorker who's gonna open up her own restaurant and yet Greta Gerwig really doesn't have her shit together at all. She's kind of a mess and she needs to... The, the, the thing about this movie, there's this entire set piece, 30 minutes of the movie, is just total screwball comedy. It's like, the piece is like this. It's like, it doesn't stop. It's unrelenting. It's almost too much. And yet I'm so impressed by how they pulled off. Um, the characters are talking. One person says one thing, and immediately the other person says the other thing. And it's it can almost be said to be too much, but it brought me back in a weird way to my college days of being part of a literary lit magazine. Yeah. Um, and some of the quirks and egos that come with that. Uh, this is a lot more exaggerated, but it works for comic It's effects. weird when a movie really gets you on a personal level. Uh, Time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, that, that's a broad comment. That ends the two-minute movie mile, Jack. For, well, for me, that that ends my sprint. I've, uh, you know, I've I've just pulled the Rocky climbing up the mountain thing from Rocky Four. Duly noted, Jack. When we come back, we'll get oh, back wait, to wait, our... wait, 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 wait. You and I have a movie, dude. Oh, we saw a movie together. Yeah. All right. Yeah, says Al Pacino. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. All right, Al Pacino. All right, so we're going to do it. We're going to do it. Two minutes. All Ready, right. set, go. Snow White. And the Seven Dwarfs. That. Yeah, you need to... Con- you need- there are a lot of Snow Whites out there. They might think we're talking about the Sigourney Weaver Snow White or something. That was a thing? It was! But Snow White and the Seven <laughs> Dwarfs by Walt Dwarfs. Disney. Dwarfs. The first animated feature film, film with synchronized sound. Yes, um, the first one that is still around. Oh, actually, no. The first. One I think we around. can say definitively yeah, this yeah, is yeah. it. Yeah, that, 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 That's true. There were silent features, but the point is, um, I think this movie holds up pretty well. I don't know if it holds up if you don't know the context. 
That's a good point. I, you and I, we watch this, and there's plenty to joke about and mock since we've seen the tropes of Snow White over and over again, if and they've been mocked in different films. And we all look about, look at the different at the gender yeah, politics, and we, we talked about how and the you simplicity know, even, of the story, even, even in the seventies, Woody Allen made fun of Snow White and Annie Hall. Right, exactly. Uh, but uh, I think you you really have to have to know its context and really look critically into this film to see its genius. Yeah, I think, and there is a lot, you need to look at it on the level that it's trying to reach for. It's hit, it's telling a very simple story, but it's using, it's deliberately simple. Yeah. Deliberately. Like there are things that Walt Disney shot for this movie that he cut out. Um, and he could have put them in there. They were really near, being done animated, but he wanted to keep it streamlined, keep everything about the story. And I think right, that's, because that, that's why when I'm, when I say it holds up, it's because the story, it doesn't have that much. Well, I guess it's very focused. It has, well, it's focused. It has a lot of comedy, of course, with the dwarves, but that's all uh, necessary for, you know, balancing out a lot of the fairy tale darkness with the light. Right. It's really great. Watch it. Time. Yeah. All right. And, so, uh, and we may be talking about this movie a little bit more in depth uh, next month, but we'll be talking about that when we have details ironed out, right? Exactly. All right. So um, that was up, the two-minute movie mile. Coming up, we're going to our list movies where Jack and I talk about Pacific Heights and Nashville. Yes. 